welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 205. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Prilliman. I am joined this evening by Jess Dunks. Hi, this is Jess Dunks. And Brogan King. Greetings. Greetings and salutations. All right. So tonight we have an action-packed, fun-filled review of Palooza, uh, where we are going to be talking about where we are going to be talking about uh, specifically reviewing uh, from a position of uh, how do you, how do you want to phrase it when when you're reviewing somebody that has authority over you in an event. Yeah, some either somebody who you are intimidated to write a review for because they're your your team lead or your head judge or a judge who's always sort of scowling. <laughs> a judge who's sort of who's who's sort of in a position of authority over you. So L1's writing about L2s, L2's writing about L3s, L1's writing about L3s, floor judges writing about their team, team leads, leads. Or head judges. Yeah. Yep. All right. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get into that. Uh, however, before we get into that, uh, last week there were some policy document updates. So, uh, so we're going to talk briefly about those. <laughs> briefly, I, I feel Brief. like if we that we if we we could do a deep dive into some of these right now, but I yes. So, um, so hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode uh. two hundred and five. <laughs> I'm one of your oh. Um, so yeah, so one one of the things that changed <laughs> in uh, in this in this release is uh, we de- the MTR got an update uh, to def- to define more clearly what it means to be a loop. Uh, so what is just real briefly what is a loop? It's basically taking a sequence of actions, repeating them, uh, explaining what you're explaining a sequence of actions. Uh, that you are planning to repeat and then performing it some number of times and with without changing. So, so this section got a, a fairly substantial update uh, for, for the actual way that we handle loops. Not a whole lot is different. Okay. Um, however, writing down how we handle loops is a little more complicated uh, than the, than the CR allows for. Uh, so what we're going to do is in the show notes, we're going to include a link to Toby's blog, uh, Toby Elliott's blog, where he explains a little bit about the loops. And then we're going to have an epi- a future episode at some point that goes over the loops themselves. Uh, because it's, it's, it's a, f- even though from a policy standpoint, it's not a huge change. The actual words that are written in the MTR now is a, is a fairly sizable wall of text. Yeah. There's a, there's a big chunk of text there for sure. So, so we're, we're not gonna, we're gonna address uh, loops at a, at a later time. So, uh, so hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 200. No, uh, man, I can't wait to do that joke five more times on the loops episode. Oh yeah. And you know, even if it's like episode 207, 208, it's still going to be welcome to 205. Oh um, no! <laughs> yes, I'm not it's, ready for. So that's for that's a loop across episodes, which is actually cast. it's actually handled <laughs> in the MTR when you have a, a loop across uh, JudgeCast episodes. Um, so so let's 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 talk about <laughs> the 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 more quick hits thing. Uh, uh, there was a change to uh, game rule violations. A a very small but meaningful. 
change, I would say. Uh, there's a new partial fix uh, that says if a player forgot to untap one or more objects at the start of their turn, and it is still the same turn, untap them. Basically, yeah. that way we don't have to do a full backup just to untap something. So, so you mean all those times where someone like forgets to untap and draws their card, and then the opponent's like, oh, well, Judge, they don't get to untap because I guess they you forgot. just don't get to untap, ha ha ha. Yeah. You know what that is? Yeah. That is the equivalent of when if when you work in if there, retail. If there's no tag on the item. Right. There's no tag and the person's like, oh, I guess they're free. Ha ha ha. It's free. No. Uh, so this is, th- this one seems like a really obvious fix. Like, oh uh, yeah, of course, we just let them untap it. But there's an awkward thing in that what we're technically doing there is we're backing the game up, letting them untap, and then going back forward again. And usually that doesn't matter because all they've done is draw a card and then they realize that they're untapping. But what if that opponent has done stuff or what if the, that player has done stuff? We, we maybe we've attacked first or somebody cast a bunch of spells. If we get to a point where backing up is no longer feasible because too much has occurred, uh, this partial fix is uh, really the only way that we have to let that player untap the lands they're supposed to have untapped. It gets us back to something closer to what the game state should have resembled without having to work around a bunch of weird decision points. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's neat. Yep. All right. Uh, so there was a clarification to Deckless Problem uh, that basically says now that says uh, uh, if you discover a Deckless error, so a Deckless error is there are things on your deck list that shouldn't be there. Uh, I'm summarizing heavily, uh, uh, are discovered outside the context of a match and its procedures, such as uh, through deck list counting. Uh, those, those game losses are issued at the start of the next match. Okay. So this, this has kind of always been the way, like we, we've kind of said like, hey, if you're, if you're counting deck lists and you find a problem, you, you do that at the, the beginning of the next match. But this is also to cover situations like maybe you're not actively doing deck list counting, but for some reason you count that deck list, um, then you're going to, you're going to be giving that game loss at the beginning of the next match, unless the judge has strong evidence to believe that the deck itself is illegal. So if you're, if you're just flipping through lists and you see a soul ring for your, (laughs) for your modern event. Okay. Uh, where there was like, oh, I'm playing one soul ring. Well, there you have strong evidence that uh, the deck itself might be illegal. So, so what do we do? It's it's 25 minutes into the round. We find oh. the soul ring on the deck list. Yeah, then then we go find out if if uh, if they're playing if they're still playing. Uh, we're gonna stop that and we're gonna go look to see if they actually got a soul ring in their deck, and if they do. Well, we have we have evidence that we have strong evidence that the deck itself is is illegal and we can we give the game loss and we fix the fix the deck in the deck list at that point in time. Rad. Rad. <laughs> Radical. Now, yeah. Now let's let's <laughs> You don't like you don't like my my lingo? Come on uh, now. Well, I'm a child of the 80s. Okay, so radical is <laughs> It's totally radical, dude. You know, I don't, that's I don't know that I've ever heard somebody unironically say radical. So 
that it was a thing in in uh in like the 80, the late 80s. It's fresh and new to me. Yeah, you would actually say rad. That's that's pretty rad, dude. In a in a non iron Nice. I'm 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 actually having this realization here where where catchphrases when I was a kid are now said ironically by by mm-hmm. the kids by the Utes of today. The Utes. The Utes. A Ute. Yeah. <laughs> One Ute. <laughs> Two Utes. Sounds, sounds like a currency. How many Utes <laughs> does that cost? Do, do you not? Is are you missing the 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 reference? Yes. Oh, it's from uh, my cousin Vinny. Where Joe I, Pesci is is a, a lawyer, and he's got he's defending uh, two kids. And I, so I don't know if I've ever heard of this film. You've never heard of my cousin Vinny? I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Brian, you're not appealing to the Utes. So Joe Pesci refers to his clients as these two Utes. It's great because the the judge uh, is the same actor that played Herman Munster. Oh, yeah. Weird. I know who that so, is. See, how does that work? Because that's from the sixties. And my cousin Vinny's from the '90s. <laughs> well, because because by the time I was a kid, it was like cool and retro and hip, you know, like TV Land. <laughs> if I make a Car 54, where are you? Reference is that gonna is that gonna? No, nope, but I got nothing. You got nothing. Nope. It's a TV. It's a Nick at Night TV Land. Okay, never mind. I do. I'm. I'm. A, I'm a, I dig Nick at Night. Don't get me wrong. Are you, are you picking up what I'm putting down? I I, yeah. I remember yeah. feeling old when they put like Full House on Nick at Night. Yeah, so. I remember when they put Fresh Prince of Bel Air on Nick at Night, and I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" <laughs> um, was, I hate you all. I remember when Mr. Ed was on Nick at Night. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So we talked about deck deckless problems and when you can give game losses. What else have we got? Uh, so there is a a deck problem upgrade. Uh. That has that has received a slight a tweaking. The upgrade has a has a condition where you get to downgrade within the upgrade. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So who? Um. So what it what the what the upgrade is is if you have uh more copies in your main deck, uh, let's see if an error results in more copies of a main deck card being played than were registered. So let's say you have, uh, three copies of a card registered and one copy in your sideboard. I'm playing three lightning bolts, main deck and one lightning bolt sideboard. Right now, normally what happens is let's say all four of those lightning bolts somehow end up in your, in your main deck. Oh no. Oh no. Curses. So, so you draw so generally what happens is, is if that's discovered, if you draw one lightning bolt, then two, then three, then four, when you draw that fourth lightning bolt, clearly we 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 detect that this is a problem at this point. Uh you're gonna get you're gonna get a game loss at this particular point. So if if at any point in time you've pretty much you've drawn one of the cards that is both a main deck card and a sideboard card, and you've got them together in your deck. So obviously this is for game one because you can have that sideboard card in for game two. But um, you're going to get a game loss unless um, all those copies, all those lightning bolts are still in the random portion of your library. So if you're searching your library for a card and you're like, okay, well, there's one lightning bolt. There's two lightning bolts. There's three. There's there's four. 
Why is there a fourth one? Why is there a fourth one? That's supposed to be my sideboard. Or you're just looking at your sideboard because you maybe have like a glittering wish or something and you want to go get pull a card out of your sideboard and you go like, hey, where's my where's my lightning bolt? Where's my fourth bring delight? Where's where's my yeah, where's my fourth bring delight? Um and you go, oh crap. Um that's that's gonna be as long as all of those copies are still in the random portion of your library. It's going to be a warning. If you've drawn one of those lightning bolts, then no, doesn't happen. Because you don't, it, the, you, don't, you don't get the downgrade within the upgrade. You just get the upgrade <laughs> to a game loss. A lot of the reason behind the upgrade is that having that additional card, the additional copy of that card modifies the, the odds at which you would, of which you would be able to draw the card. So it does, there is a, a higher yeah. risk there. So if we're, so if we're finding it while the card's still in your library, we haven't fu- fiddled, fiddled with the odds of the, of you drawing the card we have, but you haven't gained an advantage from that. Right. If you draw it, if you draw it, uh, and then we notice the problem, uh, there's no way to know whether the card that, you know, whether that fourth card is the one that's still in your library or the one that's, you know, been in your hand for a couple of turns. No, and that's but, why that that upgrade is still. But there. see, the beta lightning bolt is in my sideboard, and this was not a beta lightning bolt. So clearly, <laughs> so this is this so isn't clearly, the clearly, I cannot choose the cup in front of you. Right. <laughs> so exactly. no, that doesn't matter. So just head off any of that logic right there. Uh, if the player starts doing anything like that, no, lightning bolt's a lightning bolt. Doesn't matter. If that's your your judge reward promo from 2011 or is, your is there a, a judge reward promo lightning bolt from 2011? Uh, I think it might be from 2010 or 20, uh, 2009 or your your uh, black border revised blitz slog <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Good. Yes, that's that's the lightning that's bolt. that's the one. Yes, I blitz slog is probably my favorite version of lightning bolt. Um, OK. So, I mean, and, and if I talk in all German, I might have a hard time communicating with my opponent. <laughs> Do you go, are you going to violate the communication policy Probably in German? not. Probably not. Um, but, you know, uh, there might be some other problems with uh, that the communication policy violation uh, once, once uh, has been that. Uh, yeah. This is a good just, segue, Brian. I just flubbed that sentence a- all to pieces. I'm just going <laughs> to. This is a good, good segue. I you, didn't. You, it not, sounded good to me, so I was just not gonna. I was gonna sit here and not do anything. I didn't. <laughs> not. Couldn't. Could. No. Brian wouldn't. is having a communication. I don't know why struggle. I would not. I don't know why I would not transition into the CPV <laughs> description. Okay, okay, so basically, it's a double negative. <laughs> it is a double negative. <laughs> so basically, um, there's a communication policy. Um, and the way that we've enforced communication policy violations is well, not enforcing the, the philosophy behind how they're being approached is changing slightly before I uh, said a player, vi- if a player violates the communication policies, detailed blah, blah, blah. Uh, and the judge believes the opponent has acted based on the erroneous information. Now we're adding in, if the opponent has acted or clearly chosen not to act based on the erroneous information. Right. So, yeah, so I didn't I just, attack because I thought your creature was bigger than it actually is. Yes. Is, is basically now covered when technically it wasn't before. Right. I didn't we, not, I didn't not act. Um, 
So yeah, right. It it, it we we now yeah. have a something that that specifies that not taking an action is still acting basically. right now, now it says it does say clearly so there is a little bit of discretion in here like if the person if if the if the player is like trying to fish for a rewind or a penalty where it's like oh well he's he's he said the creature was larger than it really is so i didn't cast this spell and that spell doesn't really matter it doesn't have care. any real bearing on that yeah that's that's n- n- no not quite no, no. Okay. Uh, one last uh, one last change uh, dealing with marked cards. Uh, so previously, uh, what happens is uh, there there are two changes in here. If I was was playing and uh, in a modern in a mo- modern deck, and I had a, a bring to light in my deck, and it was uh, warped or bent or like the dog chewed it up or something like that, and so it's clearly marked. And I need to replace it. Um, I'm going to, you know, that's normally going to be, okay, so warning for marked cards. Uh, go replace that that bring to light. Um, so I'm going to go try and find that bring to light. I can't find another one. The vendors don't have it. Uh, suddenly there's a really popular deck that, that has bring to lights. Um, so all of them have been sold out. I need to replace it. I am allowed to replace it with cards named. Previously it said I can replace it with a basic land. Other than waste, but now can we've I, actually can said, I put a waste in there? Uh-huh. No, it says no. But now it says you can replace it with any combination of cards named plains, islands, swamps, f- mountains, and forests. So no snow-covered nonsense. Uh, no snow-covered islands, plains, or forests. Now here's something else that they that they that they added uh, in the verbiage for marked cards is they they added that this is an upgrade. And they say, as the deck list is being changed to match the new contents of the deck, this is upgraded to a game loss. So if you have a marked card and you have to replace it with a basic land, um, uh, it gets upgraded to a game loss. Now, let me ask you guys this just philosophically, uh, just for the for the for the listeners at home. Um, Let's say. someone has multiple cards that are marked. Uh, like for example, all of their Tarmogoyfs are warped. Their foil Tarmogoyfs are warped and you can easily cut. You are going to have to replace the, or you're going to have to find unmarked versions of those Tarmogoyfs. Those are kind of expensive. You're probably not going to be able to afford to have them replaced. Uh, so realistically, uh, do they get, two upgrades now do they get two game losses or just the one or what you get all the up the game losses no you don't get all the you don't get all the game losses you should only get one game loss in them just right just the one because it's it's not like they're happening all separately it's we're we're solving all at the same time yep yep all right so there we go that's all the penalty that's all the ipg stuff i i do wonder have to wonder you know they they reworded this so that it specifically says cards named Plains Island Swamp Mountain Forest. And I get that that's probably for consistency with some other stuff. It's probably to avoid the snow covered land problem. But like, do you think there's any chance they might be printing more basics soon? Like the snow covered lands? Ooh, I like where you're going with this. And perhaps a a set that's going to Ravnica for the, the thrice time. 
You can't use thrice th- that way. I know. <laughs> the thrice time. Do you think? It's a, do you think it's, it's snowy on Rav- Ravnica? Uh, I don't know. You. But I need to ask Watsi how many times they would like to go back to Ravnica, and then then we're going to stop at that number. Um. <laughs> oh gosh. It's, uh, a, it's a loop. I um was playing Jackbox with some friends recently. Um, if you haven't played, it is a very fun like comedy, um, like party games. Was, party games, yeah. Um, so they we we ma- we made up our own prompts to to make our friends make jokes. And so the question that we made up was, "What is Magic the Gathering's new false set?" And um, the answer, the two answers that were submitted were. Um, I hope y'all like Ravnica and Ravnica by Calvin Klein. This was, <laughs> I'm pretty sure before they announced that it was actually going to be Ravnica or like immediately after it was really good. <laughs> anyway, <That's... laughs> now on now let's oh, go ahead. Spe- Brian. Speaking of sequels. Uh, so someone mentioned on, on Twitter because last episode I mentioned Chud. And they actually informed me via informed on Judge Cass via Twitter that there was actually a Chud two, and it was. <laughs> I don't remember what. Hold on one second while I look up what this was. So, so the movie was Chud, cannibalistic humanoid underground oh, dweller. Chud, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. However, someone informed me that there was a sequel, Chud two, Bud the Chud. Oh, was the name. that's atrocious. And and I immediately was like, no, that can't be a real thing. It is a real thing. <laughs> I don't like so, that. I, I'm I'm not a fan of that either. But uh, yeah, so that that was uh, that was from uh, Jamie Jamie Rosin. Uh, you 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 ruined a part of my childhood. Thank you. <laughs> Hello and good luck. Yes. Oh wow. Um, and then the, the, apparently several people also liked. Uh, butt damage as, I'm as I'm so glad that people appreciated butt damage uh, I, I also I like how your voice dropped when you said butt you gotta you gotta embrace it you know em- embrace the butt damage <laughs> yes no not at an event though not at an event no definitely not don't yeah cause problems now you get if you're, if you're gonna say butt damage you gotta say it with with gusto with feeling yeah, you gotta you gotta own it. Uh, okay. So, okay. Speaking so, of speaking of accountability. Uh, <laughs> so uh, today we're going to talk about reviews uh, a little bit. We're going to talk about um, a concept that that I wanted to talk about, which is reviewing up. Now we talked about reviews already in a in a past episode, episode one hundred and sixty nine, which was. Also, Broken's first episode on the show. You were a guest on the show. I way remember back, that one. <laughs> way back then. Um, and we, we uh, mostly yeah, talked th- about the mechanics behind a review and right. what a review yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and for this this episode, I, w- I wanted to talk about uh, what I call reviewing up, which is reviewing someone higher level than you or reviewing someone who is maybe your head judge or your team lead. Um and before we get into that, I do want to talk a little bit about the basics of a review. But if you want some more detail about that or how to write reviews, some general tips for writing reviews, please check out episode 169. Um, it, it should still be very relevant. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think anything mechanically would have changed in reviews between then and now. Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, well, there may be a couple more features because they were relatively new on Judge Apps, if I remember correctly. Uh, so basically the way a review works is if you are a Magic Judge, you log into Judge Apps. I suppose if you're a Magic Judge with a Judge Apps account. Can you have be a Magic Judge without a Judge Apps account anymore? I, th- I think because you... Ha- oh, yeah, maybe not. I don't think you can yeah, maybe with the not. test. Uh, well, At any you rate, can, you, you can judge, judge events without being a certified judge, right? So that is true. You um, can yeah. you can you can work and run events. Yeah. So if you're, you know, this is actually this topic applies to people who uh, maybe are are preparing to become a judge and are working with someone who's going to certify them. Uh, you may want to write a review of that person um, as you're working with them. That's also something you should be able to do on Judge Apps. So if you don't have a Judge Apps account, check it out. It's apps, A-P-P-S, apps.magicjudges.org. Now, bear in mind, that is not www in the front. It's just apps. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't slap that on there. You'll, Uh, it won't get you where you want. Yeah. Sorry, I just had flashbacks to like every late '90s commercial for th- that included a website www dot, and then the website yeah. real fast. Um, so anyway, so when you do uh, go to put in a review, and there's a button for reviews on Judge Apps, uh, you have to put in the person's name. You have to put in you know what kind of review this is, uh, and you input your event information, uh, and then from there you control uh, what you're going to write about. And there's some default, uh, default. How is that pronounced in this context? I don't even know. Uh, Uh, I think either way, the default section setup is strengths, areas for improvement and comments. Um, I very rarely use this setup, but it's a pretty decent setup for just when you, when you need somewhere to start, put in somebody's strengths, put in some of these areas for improvement, and then any final comments that you might have. Um, yeah, it's, it's, really, a, it's a nice thing to build off of, but it's certainly not mandatory or necessary for for submitting a review. Yeah, that, there are definitely other options. Some people put everything in one paragraph, which is fine. Uh, well, not paragraph, but section. Yeah. Uh, I like to separate I'm a things. section person. I like to separate things by days. If I worked with somebody multiple days at an event with, with their, it's, I work a lot of multi-day events. So if I worked with somebody on Saturday and Sunday or, or even Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I might separate out the review chronologically. Here's stuff about Friday. Here's stuff about Saturday. Here's stuff about Sunday. Um, because it's very likely we did entirely different things on those days, even if we work together. Um, so, so the, the kind of be different topics, but, um, that's a little bit neither here nor there. Uh, at the moment, because what I want to talk about is reviewing up. And when I, to to be very clear, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, somebody who's in charge of you at the moment. Okay. Um, A lot of people become intimidated by reviewing up and, and that could be reviewing your head judge or your team lead, but it could also just be reviewing a level three or you reviewing somebody you respect a whole lot. Who's had a lot more experience than you. Uh, when I was just becoming a level two judge, there were level two judges I was working with who were about to be level three. Well, they were the same level as me. And a lot of times we worked together at PTQs, but it was still really intimidating to try and give that person feedback because 
I knew that they were way more experienced than I was. And when I became level three, I had exactly the same problem with other level three judges. I, I was like, oh, well, I, I'm a level three now, but but these guys have been doing this forever. Like Bipril has been L3 for, you know, since the Stone Age, I guess. <laughs> since the dawn of time. Uh, Five and, years as of last month. <laughs> Um, no, it's it's definitely yeah. there. There can be. It, it's more. It's less about what exactly that person's role in general is, and more how you feel about about that yeah. person, and feeling mm-hmm. as though that person is is intimidating or uh, above you in some way. Now, I want to get to. <coughs> excuse me. I want to get to why. Uh, to, to how to kind of overcome the reasons it's it can be intimidating or scary. But first, I want to talk about why we're even talking about this. Why is it important to uh, review somebody who has more experience than you? Why is it important to give them that perspective? Uh, and there are several reasons for that. Uh, now, for me, one of my favorite reasons to review somebody who is in a position of leadership at an event is because I know that that person has is very invested in being a magic judge. Um, one of my biggest fears with writing an event, and I've, I've actually heard other people say this, is that they're going to write or spend this time writing a review that's just going to be disregarded by somebody. And I'm not ever going to say that that most people who are L1 or L2 disregard reviews. But what I am going to say is, if somebody is very heavily invested in the program, like many uh L2s and L3s tend to be, uh, they're very likely to get more value out of that review by taking it seriously than somebody who doesn't take it seriously. Um, That person will have put a lot of, fundamentally will have put a little bit more um, energy and time into being a judge and Mm -hmm. also Mm -hmm. probably likely has more experience in receiving reviews and being able to yeah. take that feedback and implement it. Oh uh, yeah. I, I, I have had to learn over time not to take critique harshly. Um, I used to be very, very self-conscious about reviews. Uh, and I frankly still a little bit am when I get a review, when I get that notification that says I have a review, it, there's this brief moment of terror not that somebody said something bad. That's not the problem. But this thought that I might have done something bad enough that somebody wanted to write about it. Right. It's, it's, uh, I don't, I don't yeah. know what is in here and what could I possibly have done. Right. Um, yeah. And it's never been that bad. No, the, I think that's common. No review I've ever gotten has been as bad as I imagined. It. Uh, and, uh, and many of them have been critiques, but now I'm a lot better at, at not going into reading it with that, that anxiety, right? Um, so wh- one thing I can do is I can try to find the feedback that they're find, find the best version of the feedback they're giving me. And what I mean by that is when somebody says, Hey, here's something I saw throughout the day. Um, if they're less experienced at writing reviews, they may not word that in the best way. And I may be able to see what it is they mean because of my my experience, I may be able to see. Oh, I see what they're they're saying. Let me let let me think about that and maybe implement that in the future. And then I can also give them feedback on the way that they gave me feedback. And it's a very we're back to this loops thing now. That's a, uh, 
that's 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 really dicey though like you've you've got to put a lot of thought into how if if you're the level three going to talk to or the level two going to talk to the the person that wrote that and you're giving them feedback on feedback and i and i say this because I, I know some you know level threes and 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 you know team leads and stuff like that you know day two team leads and and stuff like that but um uh you you do want to be very careful that your feedback doesn't come off as hey that thing you said was right. wrong or you, yeah you need to tell me about a problem yeah. better than that you you upset me by saying it this way and you should have said it this other way instead because what you've just done now is you've kind of made sure that that person's never going to write uh, never going to uh, review up again. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. You want to yeah. make sure you're not using the excuse or rather you're not using feedback on feedback as an excuse to defend yourself. Okay. Yes. That's, that's a thing that can happen. And if you get a review, if you're an L2 who gets a review from somebody you're working with, that's just a general, a general thing is to not, because that can happen whether you, whether it's a review up or not, is you can go, Oh, I'd like to give you some feedback on that. Here's why it's wrong. Uh, that's not feedback. <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> um, that's defending. That's getting defensive. Um, yeah. There, and, there's and kind of sometimes, a fine line there between what is how you can, how you can phrase this better and how there, sorry, I'm, I stopped myself in the middle of my sentence and started saying another thing. Um, there's a fine line between, Hey, you worded this weirdly. And, Hey, you said this bad thing. Like there, it depending on how you communicate it, it's it's very careful. It is important to make sure you are not diminishing the things they are saying while critiquing the word choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think you know we're we're getting on a little bit to the like if you're receiving the review, what do you do? And I think that's important. But the, what we're talking about isn't the kind of thing that happens all the time. Most of the people I know, speaking for myself, speaking, I I believe for Brian and Brogan as well, when we get reviews from people, we're glad people took the time to give us their feedback. Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. I, if some, go ahead. I was going to say, if someone, if someone writes a review, that means they care. They care about how you did. Right. Right. We, we, we did say that in, in the first episode that I was on. And I think that is the, the biggest takeaway from all of that in that if somebody is writing a review, they're not just doing it to do it. Mm -hmm. They're doing it because they, they, they see something, whether or not their perspective matches how you felt about the situation. It's, it's providing a perspective that, is probably useful to you and they're telling you because they care and want you to be able to, to know and have that context. No one, no one's going around writing reviews just to tell people they did stuff bad for the sake of telling people they did stuff bad. Yeah. Right. If I don't, if I don't care about you, I'm not writing a review about you. (laughs) You know, that doesn't mean that if you didn't get a review from him, he doesn't care about you. Just to be clear, right? That doesn't. <laughs> okay, yeah, the, the negative. But I mean, ba- basically, like if you know, if I if I write if I write a review, that means that means I am I am vested in, and and I would hope that people who are writing reviews about me or Jess or Brogan or really anybody in general is also doing it for the same reason as opposed to well, I'm going to write down everything this person did wrong, you know. 
dis- discounting those types of reviews. We want it. it give it, give us, give me, give me, give me. And give part me. of that is that people in charge of events uh, or teams actually don't get critical feedback that often. Uh, and we don't, we don't, there are two main ways we get critical feedback in those situations. Uh, the first one is by our team. And the second one is by the other team leads and head judges. Uh, and there are way more times that I interact with my team members at an event than I'm interacting with any of those other people. Um, so like if you are a team member, you have the greatest opportunity to give feedback to your, to your team lead. Um, out of the last 15 events that I've worked uh, in, in competitive REL events that I've worked over the last year, I've gotten three reviews, um, which is not that many. Um, it turns out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, as we're talking about this again, it's not just an L3 thing. A lot of. No, not at all. A lot of. I, I don't get a lot of reviews. I'm not L3. I'm, I'm, I am an L2 who's just been being an L2 for a long while. And I haven't gotten in the last year I have received two reviews and I haven't been judging super mm-hmm. actively, but well, at least judging super actively mm-hmm. at events with other judges. And I, mm-hmm. I've only gotten two reviews. So. Well, I think a part of that comes back down to, it could be scary. Um, well, the two things, first of all, it can be scary. Second one is sometimes you feel like, what are you uh, going to say that someone else hasn't already said or that they will find useful? Exactly. Yeah, they, they probably already know that. I, I promise there's a very good chance if you saw something that you felt needs critique that I did, there is a good chance you're the only person that's going to bring it up and that I may not know. I think I, I, think I told this story uh, before, but at my very first GP, there was a judge that I wanted to write a review of. And because I, he did some things really, really well, he did some things that I, they weren't bad, but they were just confusing. Um, and I didn't understand. And I was, I was going to write, write a review of this person and everyone around me who I was telling about it was like, Oh, you're going to write a review of an L3. You're going to write a review of an L3. What a, what a big deal. Wow. And it, and I never wrote the review because people made such a big deal out of it. There are people that are actually scared of retaliation. Like, I could I could say something that this person, that I think this person did wrong, and then what happens if I don't get on staff anymore? Right. Um, that's, 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 a real fe- that's a real fear in the sense that that I think people are legit, are, are scared of that. I, I don't think it's a real fear in the sense that it actually, that fear gets realized. I, I've, yeah, I've, I've never I've seen. I've never heard of someone... I've never heard of someone not being staffed at an event because they wrote a review of somebody that was that was critiquing. Um, now there are ways to give feedback that that can be bad, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But but I've never heard of so- somebody not getting on staff because mm-hmm. of it, right? Like that's that's yeah. Uh, you know, you got to make sure that your your concerns there are yeah. are legit. I think I think in 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 the case of like like L ones don't necessarily under understand like what what the full scope and power of L threes are, so they might you know assign more power to us than we actually have, um, in in that regard and 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 no you know no one wants to you know you know say something bad against about someone yeah. that might actually be able to influence influence my future yeah we don't we don't yeah we don't have that well they also fear. 
you know, what if you are telling somebody they're wrong and they're, and they're, they get defensive about it, you know, what if you say it in the wrong way and they misunderstand that even if they can't, you know, keep you from being staffed, which by the way, an L3 doesn't have the power to like any random L3 does not have the power to keep you from being staffed at a Grand Prix. I don't have that power. Okay. Right. <laughs> this is not a thing. And, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, there are a lot of, of what ifs of, Oh, how, what if this is perceived in this way? What if I, what if they don't like what I have to say? What if they lash out? And I think that's true. Any, anything can happen. And I'll say that right now. Somebody, somebody might not like what you have to say, but well, then you just need to bust out mm-hmm. that hard to swallow. <laughs> yeah, I do <laughs> love the hard to swallow right. pills meme. If I could just submit all my reviews <laughs> in hard to swallow pills meme format, it, it'd be done. We'd that'd be it. Um, oh man, just an, just an anger link. Just just uh, that. But yeah. that but the, your feedback is still valid, um, and nine times out of ten, you're gonna you're you're gonna open uh, a line of communication and talk about whatever it is the person, if, if somebody disagrees, you can talk about it. If they, and if you t- you're telling them they're wrong, they probably need to know. Yeah. And, uh, if somebody gets defensive, frankly, that's their problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like that's on them. Right. If, if somebody is going to reject your feedback, that is not a reflection on you. It doesn't make your feedback bad. It doesn't make the time you spent doing it bad. Uh, and maybe they'll get over that and look at it more objectively later. But that's that that's not your fault if somebody else gets defensive. And you can talk to another judge that you trust about how to to approach something if you're not sure. Um, I, I I definitely have a couple of judges who will will reach out to me and say, "Hey, I have this review that I want to write, but I I don't know quite how to say it in a way that isn't isn't rude." Or so we'll we'll sit down and talk about about how to do it, and you can pull out any names if you want. You don't have to say this is a review of X. You can take out the personal information and sit down with another a ju- another judge that you trust and strategize on how to give this information if you're if you're afraid. And and so and something else that might help is if you talk to that judge about the thing during the event, you know, that, that could also help, uh, help judge or, or help inform you as to, you know, how they're going to take it, how they're going to be receptive to it. You know, if you maybe misunderstood something, you know, you can have that conversation and still write a review about it. Uh, a practice that we used to do or, or, or at least here on the on the East Coast is when you'd sit down with with your team leader or something like that, and you'd have kind of like this this open dialogue about things. A lot of the times, the review would just be writing down what was talked about. So uh, that, yeah. that's entirely a thing too. If if now that you know reviews, uh, I'm, I'm going to say this, and this is probably a little a little counterproductive to the overall theme of this, but you can actually have a conversation with a person about stuff, and that is a review. It's just not documented. There is value in writing these things down. There is value in being thoughtful and 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 considering and putting a, putting a lot of uh, work into figuring out what you want to say more than just kind of an off the cuff thing at 
the event, but there is value in also talking about it at the event. I am a huge fan of all kinds of feedback, and I'm I will be the first person to tell you that there are ways to give feedback that are not in the form of reviews and that talking to someone in person is the best way, in my opinion, the best way to give feedback. But a review is great for collected feedback. If you have lots of information from a period of time, whether that's an event or several events, and a review is great for uh, reiterating feedback. Here are some things that we talked about. I wanted to put them down in person. Uh, or not in person, I'm sorry, rather than talking person, I wanted to put them down so you could look at them later. And those reviews are going to be something where you could have more collected thoughts, where you can type something and you can go over it uh, before you send it to them. Also, a lot of times we don't have the time these days at events to sit down and talk to somebody person to person. And if you don't have that time, a review is a great way to do that, especially now that reviews are on Judge Apps and you can you can actually have comments and conversations after afterward. That being said, why you're oh go ahead, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say I was gonna um plug an article that I wrote uh about it a little about a year ago, uh that was about buying in for the feedback loop blog. It was about how to connect with someone in a way when you write a review uh, to make them actually want to read it and listen to it. And a lot of it what is talking to people outside of just writing a review. You, your, your review doesn't exist in a vacuum. There's there. You should open lines of communication outside of just here's a review that I'm submitting into judge apps. And I won't know if you ever read or said anything about it. Talk, talk to the person that you're, that you're mm-hmm. working with. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to an earlier point as well about getting feedback on, on your feedback. If you don't know a lot about writing, writing reviews, it's okay to ask another judge, do you mind if I write a review of you after this event? I would really like your feedback on my review. That's a fine thing to ask. Yeah. Um, and, and then they can, then that, that opens up that line of communication to go both ways. Um, yeah. There are some things to be careful of when reviewing up that, that are maybe a little bit different than a normal review. Um, and it, part of it goes in with that that defensive thing we were talking about before. Um, you know, being condescending is very bad in any review. Don't be condescending to people. It's 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 uh, just in general, not just in reviewing up. Yeah, please right? please don't be condescending to people. Uh, but in reviewing in general, don't be condescending. But but in reviewing up especially. Uh, don't be condescending in any any way. The reason I say that is often when you're writing a review of someone who was in a leadership role, whatever it is you're going to talk about, there might be context you're not aware of. Um, one of the, one of the most uh, egregious examples of this I've seen was someone who wrote a review uh, for an L3 I know who was leading uh, on-demand events at a GP. And that review uh, – told them kind of rudely that they hadn't scheduled uh, the judges for the scheduled side events properly. And if you'll remember just a moment ago, I told you that they were the lead for the on-demand events. Uh, This judge had written a review that they had done a job badly that wasn't actually even their job. Uh, Yeah, that's – yeah, there there may be context that you don't have. And again – right. 
that's why having a conversation is useful. <laughs> I think I told the same story, actually, the, the, the first uh, review episode we did. So, yeah, please don't be condescending to people. And it's just going to make people get defensive, especially if they were especially right. if they were a lead, especially if they're if they're in any way sensitive about being a lead. It's just going to make them defensive. Yeah. Be, be considerate about about what's going on in, in people's lives and information you might not have. Um, mm-hmm. Still give still give feedback, but but be careful about talking as though you as though you have all the information when you might not necessarily have all the information. Um, that being said, just because I said don't be condescending doesn't mean I, I mean don't be direct. I think that your feedback should be clear and precise. And beating around the bush too much in the name of diplomacy will just get your point lost in the aether. You won't, people won't actually understand what you're trying to say if you're not clear about it. Uh, again, if you're reviewing somebody who's very experienced, they may be able to kind of figure out what you're getting at, but they may also just miss the point entirely. Right. If you spend if you spend too much time trying to be nice and soften the blow of what you're trying to say, then you you might not actually convey that what you're reviewing them about is actually a thing that they need to improve on because you you spend so much time smoothing it over that it's just like, oh, well, this is a thing. That's fine. I will say that to probably no one's surprise, this is a thing I'm 100 percent guilty of of. Of being like, oh, did, well, this happened, and this other thing happened, and I didn't like this part of this, but it ended up fine. Um, oh, it ended up fine, or, okay. right? Right, well, yeah, sure. exactly. You 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 talk about things in a way that is a little bit more passive and less direct to try to make what you're saying a little less harsh, but you just end up taking away some of the the impact of what you're actually saying by diminishing your own your own feelings. Yeah, that sucks. Don't so, do that. <laughs> My bad. No, yeah, well, I wasn't that wasn't directed. I'm, I'm sorry. Um are you backpedaling on feedback now? Yes. Are you beating around yeah. the bush? Um and, and one thing one last thing to avoid this is really these are things to avoid in any review, but but uh so it's just kind of a review of that, no pun intended. Uh, don't have reviews that don't have a point or a critique or content. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, don't, don't do reviews without critique. Um, but, but I got to write a review if I want to, uh, it's writing a review is a requirement for L2. So I'm just going to write a review of my PP2Q head judge that says everything was great. No complaints. He did awesome. She did awesome. That's, uh, um, everything's fine. Yeah, that's not really what we're going for uh, <laughs> here, but... It's nice to hear that you're doing good things and you're having a positive impact on people, but if you're just saying everything was fine, this was great, with nothing of substance, nothing to, to act upon or focus on or really go from it... What What was great? Right. Was it was it the way I gave was it was it the way the 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 head judge gave rulings was it way the way they comforted a, a, an upset player was it the way they were on top of end of round you know what what was great about it Con- conversely uh what what could they have done better what something even you know 
even though you might be thinking like, well, I'm just a level one and this person's a level three, they know it all. You know, there's still, there's still, there's still opportunities for, you know, you can still have opinions about things that could have been done better. Include them. Don't be afraid to, to just say, no, 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 I can't think of anything. Actually, you know, spend a little bit of time considering what, if you were running the show, what would you have been done different? And why do you think that that's, you know, why you think that's a good idea? Right. I think that this person should incorporate if you even if you did do think somebody did like the the most perfect job in the world, you wouldn't change anything. You can delve into what are the specific things that that you thought were particularly good? What are the things that um, you noticed that that person may have struggled with but then came through like what what are some some things to focus on some actionable quantifiable things that that person did or or didn't do you know or i i you know it could even be like we 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 had a conversation about a particular rules interaction and i was struggling with it and i don't think that you explained it particularly you know i was i wasn't able to get it you know, and you could you could say like maybe I had to go talk to somebody else, and they're explaining it. Maybe if you take a different approach or a different tact, you know, you could you could do that, or you could say, "Hey, you ex- the way you explained it was really great and really clear." Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, or you just kind of left me hanging. I'd, I'd ask you how to do things, and you'd say like, "Yeah, I'll get, I'll I'll explain that in in a few minutes," and then you you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't come back to it. Uh, we started conversations that we never finished. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a valid that's a valid thing that can happen at you know at PPTQs. Yeah, I, I one example I have from a, a a situation where where I was giving feedback to my team lead um, was a, a judge who was doing a great job. Otherwise, was was teaching somebody new how to. Do, we were we were working on sides, and they were like, "We're going to teach you how to do all this stuff." And the person would start to ask, with the new judge would start to ask questions, and they would go, "Oh, it's going to be fine. We're going to be here the whole every step of the way. We're going to, you know, show you how it is." And they were they were con- very concerned about making sure that judge felt comfortable and welcome, but wasn't actually answering their questions about how to do things. Um, they were doing a great job in one of their goals, which was making this judge feel comfortable and welcome, but they they weren't teaching a whole lot they weren't teaching the thing and we we got there right we we definitely got there um and they did a great job in the end but the you know that's a that's a scenario where sometimes you can look at things and go well how can we do these better okay we were doing a good thing here but how can we do it better next time and that's that makes a great review as well that could be a critique a critique doesn't necessarily need to be you did something wrong it might be you didn't do this optimally Um, that, that also gets around the problem that I've seen a lot in reviews that are just, here's a list of events that occurred with no, this was good. This was bad. Just here are some things you did. And also the tournament, the tournament report, right? Exactly. The, the tournament report of you standing over someone's shoulder and watching and telling them what they did all day. Um, I can't tell if I, I don't know if that's worse or better than a review disguised as a tournament report. <laughs> How did, Oh, like this is a tournament report, but it's only complaining about 
how yeah, bad somebody did. This other judge did this thing wrong, and then they did that <laughs> oh, thing wrong. No. And they, I, my day would I have would been a lot that easier that if they weren't here. I think that's um, just the most passive aggressive thing. <laughs> it is because you're publishing that tournament review on like a forum so that everyone can see. Oh man, don't do that! Don't do that! No, oh, you know what? That's I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you right now. That, the worst is the ex- the exemplar nominations where that happens, where it's like you did a great job taking over this event from the head judge who was clearly clueless as to what they were doing. Oh no! Yeah, that happens. It's just like, hey, no, yikes! I I think uh, the the diplomacy aspect is important to keep in mind. Uh, you know, when, when you're writing reviews. And who are you writing to? Are you writing to somebody who is looking forward to hearing your your opinion uh, because they, you know, because maybe they're a new judge and they want to get reviews? Or are you writing a review to somebody who has lots of experience and that context is important to keep in mind? If you write a review that says, I think you need to uh, spend some time focusing on learning the missed triggers policy, well, that has a totally different meaning <laughs> to an L1 who's new to competitive REL events than it does to an L3 who's been judging events for a decade. Yeah. So there there are sometimes there are times when you need to gauge your diplomacy when you're saying certain things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, Pl- place yourself contextually into the situation. Yeah, yeah. So and I I've, I've seen that. I've seen that with reviews where uh, you know honestly I had an, uh, an L3 uh, show me a review recently, and the review had a lot of good points. But that judge wasn't the L three wasn't seeing a lot of the good points because the review was written down, so to speak. It was written as though this person had a lot to learn from the reviewer. Does that make sense? And yeah. and so yeah. they because they were seeing it had the tone of the writing, they weren't really evaluating the context well. Um. So I'm not saying a person should act that way. An L3 shouldn't act that way. They should be able to handle that. But not everybody can. We're all human. I'm. It turns out human, and I can make mistakes and and get upset and have biases uh, very easily. Yeah, that's that's that is just a a, a human thing. Uh, the 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 judge you have looked up to your whole judge career, the person who certified you. And you just learned everything you know about judging from them. I'm sure that that person has has flaws. I'm sure that that person has things that they can learn, and I'm sure that that person has things that you can help them learn. So mm-hmm. we nobody's perfect, and feedback is provided. It is both given and receiving. 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 Uh, it's the new name for Stephen. Uh, re- given and received positively and welcomed by both parties, then feedback is great. I guess another, another thing, you know, maybe this episode was a little self-centered because I want people to review me more at events, you know, Um, (laughs) understandable, but but like, you know, when you have a, a, a podcast, I think you can take time out to, you know, talk about something you want to talk yeah. about. But also I think it's, I think it's important to remind myself about reviews every now and again, because they're a thing I suck at. I'm not very good at it. So I like doing these episodes so I can be like, Oh, here's how we do this, man. It, it makes me excited. I want to get out and write some reviews. So hopefully at the next event I'll be doing, I'll be getting out and writing some reviews. 
did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about about reviewing up before we we sign off this episode? I think we kind of uh, this wasn't a very deep talk topic, but I think we covered it pretty well. Um, yeah, what, feeling uh, super good. Awesome. Write us write 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 reviews. Definitely don't don't be scared. We won't bite. Yeah, every I I guarantee every judge wants that that you want to sit down and talk to and write a review of is going to be happy to receive it. And it, and if they aren't. That's another point of feedback. That's true, right? I like I like what what Jess said, where he was just like, "Yeah, yeah that's on them." It's true. It is on them. It really it it, it is, really it is really one hundred percent. And that doesn't mean you can't continue to talk to them. It doesn't mean you can't try and and help them see your side. But if somebody is just going to be defensive and and not accept feedback, that's that's not. Be, that's not your fault. You can't take that on on yourself. That's not a, right. That's that's not your responsibility. Exactly. So, so I don't know if you guys if you guys uh, read Morrow's uh, Mark Rosewater's Tumblr Tumblr blog at all. I look at it sometimes, but not a lot. He he makes he makes a point where even if you don't like what someone's saying, they're they're trying they're telling you something. They're giving you information, and it's your responsibility or your your obligation to try and figure out what it is even if they're saying something in a way that may, maybe he's condescending maybe he's rude maybe isn't the way that you would have liked it to be said but they're telling they're telling you something and it's your your obligation your responsibility to figure out what that is now he's talking about people being upset about magic design decisions that are that are made but that also that's that's very applicable to reviews you know it's it's you might you might have something and it might be hard to read but there there's there's stuff in there that 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 you need to read and think about yep that's true awesome i feel feel like we've we've driven the point pretty home pretty hard on this one all right well thank you everybody for listening so much uh i appreciate that thank you brian and brogan for being my co-hosts on this episode as always and uh, if you would like to listen, the audience, not Brian Brogan, if you would like to listen to <laughs> uh, more of our episodes. Yeah, you guys don't listen to our old episodes. Um, if you guys would like to listen to more of our episodes, you can find them at judgecast.com or uh, subscribe to JudgeCast wherever you get your podcasts. You can find them all there as well. Um, you can also find our learn to judge section on judgecast.com. You can send us an email judgecast at gmail.com you can send us a message on facebook at facebook.com slash judgecast or you can tweet at us and really i don't know why you wouldn't yeah do it judgecast on twitter so i just have left to say that i'm jess dunks and i keep it fair i'm brogan king and i keep it fun i'm brian perlman and welcome to judgecast this is episode 205 oh. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure I've started making that noise at the end of every episode. So you must be doing something, right? <laughs> yes.